Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have August McLaughlin back in studio with us. It's been quite a long time, but she is talking to us about sex from the female point of view, as well as telling us a story about a friendship that turned into much, much more and how he did it and what changed in her. So keep listening. guys, welcome to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, here, of course, with the one, the only, Marnie Kinross, owner, owner of thewinggirlmethod.com. And we have a returning guest who was here a long time ago, but has a really cool show called Girl Boner Radio. And she's a health and sexuality writer, August McLaughlin. Thank you for coming back. Thank you it, so much for having me. It's been a long time, but the Girl Boner Radio just obviously stands out in your, yeah, in, it's a great in your name. brain. And as soon as you said, Girl Boner Radio. I was like, oh my God, it all came flooding like, back. I know yeah. you. What is Girl Boner Radio? It makes I'll... me so happy when people say, Girl Boner just stands out. It makes the most beautiful Stands picture. up. Just like <laughs> a yeah, good old just, boner. It's so erect in my mind. Yes. Uh, so Girl Boner is my brand, the name of uh, my new book series and kind of my activism. And then Girl Boner Radio is a podcast that evolved. Girl Boner Radio is the podcast that evolved from my blog. Wonderful. So what is, what is Girl Boner? So a girl boner, I trademarked the term, actually. Oh, good. I applied to trademark it over six years ago because at the time, and girl boner had been an inside joke for me for literally decades. Like when I was 11 years old and I heard the term boner and I knew what it meant, I was like, wait, what about girl boners? So it's been this running joke in my own head and with like boyfriends and and friends forever. And I knew I wanted to do something with it. And then when I realized that there were literally no words for female sexual arousal. And there were countless, like lists of them. If you go to Urban Dictionary Mm -hmm. and these places, it's changed a little bit since then. But there was nothing, not a single word for our boners. So I was like, I am claiming this. And so I trademarked it or applied to trademark it, started the blog series. And then a year later or so, when I was appearing on other people's shows, it was quite obvious to me that I'm like, I need to be why don't I do this myself? Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that for a little over four years. Oh, that's awesome. That's wonderful. So before we d- dive into uh, health and sexuality from the female point of view, I wanted to talk to you about you and your man because I was on your podcast last week, um, which people can go listen to where? Yeah, go to augustmclaughlin.com and basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can Spotify. Girl Boner and mm-hmm. Marnie Kinneris. That's it's the episode. It's a great interview. You're so great. Afterwards, my sound engineer was like, she's awesome. Oh, really? I was yeah. like, oh God, did I even know what I was talking about? But no, I great. thought we had a great conversation. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. really, really good. Um, but at one, one point you brought up how you met your now husband. And I thought it was an interesting story that I'm going to keep asking you questions as you tell the story, but that the guys who are listening to our podcast uh, should listen to. So tell me about you and your husband. So I'd been going through a breakup or basically living with an ex for a while after we had broken up. And I was at the time an actress and I was really focused on my craft and my career. And I felt like I'd been kind of partying a lot. And I really wanted to focus on just taking care of myself and focusing on my career. I wanted to adopt this dog that I had fostered previously. And I'd been told that she didn't particularly like guys. And I thought, well, that's perfect. I'm going to be so I don't either. single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love it. You have to get like a dog that hates men just to keep you off of men. <laughs> that's like way better yeah. than not shaving your legs before. Isn't it though? They're yeah. so much sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather have a dog. Just than as furry. Just hairy legs. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so I found this place. It was a guest house and I went to go check it out. And the neighbor who lived in the duplex was home and I knocked on his door And he showed me around and he's just like the nicest guy. And we just talked and talked. Was he attractive? Yeah. In the beginning, were you attracted to him? I was definitely attracted to him. I just wasn't in that mindset. Right. Whereas in the past, if I'd been kind of looking, of course, I would have been like, you know, but instead I was just figuring out where to live. And so I went straight from there to go see my parents in Minnesota for Christmas and I told them, you know, I the nicest guy lives next door and all this stuff. And so we developed a friendship and within a two, three months, it, it started to change. The, the friendship 
that really was a relationship? Like, I'm, it was an intense friendship, I'm guessing, right? That you guys... It, you know, it was just a natural friendship. It wasn't like he or I were trying to be friends so we could date. But, 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 you're very attractive. So he had to be thinking, oh, this girl, like, I really want to be with this girl, but I'm going to be a friend for a little while or no? Was he using that as a way to... I totally understand that question because I think that probably would be the case with a lot of people. Just in general, if you meet someone, you're like, oh, I like them. Let me see if I can work my way up kind of thing. But he's told me, and I know that this is who he is, is that he was thinking, you know, I do hope that we date someday, but he... I hope that a girl boner her. Uh, right? Yeah. He's like, is that a girl boner in your pants? Yeah. Or are you just, you happy, just happy, to happy to see me? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said that, you know, he he could tell, like, I, I'm somebody who just sort of, like, wears everything outside of myself. So I shared a lot. He knew that I'd been, you know, going through a lot of things and whatever. And he did not think that, I mean, it was obvious I wasn't looking for a relationship and in his mind what he he told me and has told me since he basically thought I hope that someday we date he thought that we probably would but he also thought he'd have to kind of like see me with a bunch of like other actor dudes for a long time that's what he thought and so and he was giving me the space for that too which I thought was cool like I there's never one of the most surprising and unusual things about him was I never ever felt a sense of any sort of strategy or game playing he wouldn't you know how there's and I don't know how you you all feel about um, timing of like replying to texts and all that stuff I've heard a lot of different things if he's around, he would text me back. If he wasn't, he wouldn't. It was never like he's trying to wait three days or he's waiting only an hour or he would send me multiple in a row because he wanted to, not because, you know, and not, I never just felt like he was trying to be anybody but himself. And we had both been working so much on ourselves. So I think that that was a big part of the reason that we grew closer, but I just appreciated that so much. We lived literally 10 feet apart and he wouldn't just show up at my door. He would always call or text me first and say, hey, can I stop by? Which I had neighbors who I was never dating who were rude and didn't do that. Like they just, you know. Oh, you don't like Popeyes? I'm a huge fan of Popeyes. (laughs) Poppins? Popeyes, yeah. Poppins. Poppins, interesting. I just like Popeye like a. Not Popeye like the restaurant. I thought you meant the restaurant. I did too. Really? (laughs) I thought you were saying Popeyes. Is this not the right term? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like when people pop by. (laughs) <laughs> and when they pop in, I'm a huge fan. Especially with Popeye's chicken. Well, sometimes I, I mean, it depends. I don't, I don't I always just like it. In, in 2018, no one does pop-ins anymore. I don't I think do they really the do. No. It's, Maybe that's why they're appreciated. Watch the Sebastian Maniscalco stand-up bit on when someone would ring your doorbell oh, yeah, we talked about in this. 1970. Oh, was it on the show? Yeah. yeah. Versus now. Who is hilarious. Yeah. Who's at the door? But when they ring the doorbell now, it's like everyone hits the floor like, get down. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. Like yeah. you think someone's either going to try to sell you something or kill or, you. Or kill you. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But so, go on. So he wouldn't be annoying with the poppins and... No, he's being respectful. He was incredibly respectful. Yeah. Was he dating yeah. other girls at the same time? Mm-mm. So, so not so pretty focused on you. He wasn't. He wasn't focused on me. Th- that was the other weird thing. Was like, he actually spent time with other people that I knew. Like my sister came to visit once, and I wasn't home, and she was there with her boyfriend, and they all went and did something. But it wasn't to try to get closer to me. He was just being a nice guy, and we were both busy. So I went to Sundance and. I was gone and that, you know, we just, it was more like we just passed by each other for a long time. It was just like a casual thing. And yeah. And what shifted? Um, and how did it shift? I think just getting to know each other, which sounds really simplistic, but we. But how, how did you get to know each other? So how did you get to know more about him? How did he get to so know more So one of the you? things that happened was when my sister was visiting, she wanted to do a gig together. I used to sing and play guitar and just as like a, an occasional hobby, I sometimes would. And she was like, let's do that. And I was terrified of doing it because I hadn't done that by myself. So she was going to come with me. And so we just invited the neighbors because they were there. Like literally he was there with other neighbors and we invited them. So he was at the show. And looking back, I remember going up to him after I, I sang and I walked up to him and I I completely felt full of butterflies, but I, again, was like disconnected from that. And so it didn't really occur to me. We were just it, it was very gradual, um, just these things that would happen. And I might invite people just in general to something. And if he was there, we would chat. And uh, 
there was one time in particular, we were both going to Griffith Park, which was nearby, to go for a run. Um, I came out of my house, and he was already putting on his running shoes, and I knew that he enjoyed running at the park and stuff. So we decided to go together, and that's when I told you about this. I sat down on the steps, and it just hit me. And it wasn't just like, oh, I want to date him. It was, I love him. Like, <laughs> it hit me Honestly, on the I had the same moment with my boyfriend. Did you? Because we had a very intense friendship for many months, many, many months, but it was mostly through text because we're in different cities. But there was one moment, it was really weird. And it's, I don't know what that, what makes you click, but we were at dinner and I remember looking at him and then like the scenario and all, all of a sudden I just went, I love him. Like, I like love this <laughs> man a lot. And then over, it was over after that, you know, mm. but it's weird because we were just friends and he, he had been open with me, though. He was honest with his feelings toward me, toward like about a month before I was on board. Um, but right when he first told me, it didn't shift me to go, oh, he likes me? Oh, I should like him. It just like, oh, he likes me? I'm open to seeing where this goes, but I'm not like set on needing to like be in love with him. And all of a sudden, it was just that one moment. And the food I ordered was terrible. And I don't think this is what set it overboard, but the food I ordered was bad. And I said, oh, you know, I don't really want to send it back. I don't want to be that girl. And he was like, send it back. What's what's the big deal? And like, just there was something about that. And I just like looked at him and was like, and he was like, I'll eat it if you don't, you know, we can switch dinners. And I just was like, I love him. Aww. Yeah. So, but it's weird yeah. how a friendship just all of a sudden switches like that. Yeah. Yeah. It and I didn't sound like it just switched like that because you were saying he was giving you butterflies before you were attracted to him. So there was. But the it, realization, like it's gradual. Yeah. yeah and, and then there's, there's like an epiphany. Epiphany moment where you're not really looking at it the way that you should be looking at it in someone else's eyes or something. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I think that there's something about not feeling desperate for it. I think right. because you were open. I wasn't, even though I was really focused on myself and I'm just going to be sing single, I wasn't thinking I cannot ever be in a relationship. Like I wasn't, I was just focused on other things and working on myself. And During those three yeah. months of your friendship, was he asking you to go out to places, like to hang out as friends? Or was it just like literally when you saw each other around, you would talk, he would ask if I, he could come over and you happened to be home, so he would come over, you would hang out? Yeah, it was more the latter. It was if we saw each other, we were doing something, we might ask the other person and Actually, our first kind of really romantic date where, you know, we kissed and everything was shortly after the sitting on the steps and realizing the love. He did ask me to a, a concert, but he'd asked me to the concert. He had tickets to go see Mana, this band he really loves. And and he didn't get them so that he could ask me to go. But he had the two tickets and he thought it'd be fun to go with me. He wasn't thinking it was going to be a date. And it was really funny because we had had a conversation about how neither one of us really liked Valentine's Day because it's commercial, blah, blah, blah. And then the concert happened to be on Valentine's Day. That's when he could get the best tickets. So like we have to celebrate Valentine's Day because right. that was really a kind of our first date date. That so does sound like it was planned, though. Kind of. I mean, it was planned to, I don't, I really don't think when he got the tickets, I think, yeah, he was hoping we'd spend time together, but it wasn't like, I'm going to trick her into spending Valentine's Day with me. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, no. Not so, at all. so then how did it shift? So you realized you loved him and then mm -hmm. did your behavior with him change? Oh, I'm sure it did. Just to like my body language a little bit. You know, I don't, I don't think I hide things well. Well, the moment I had that realization, we were in an elevator right afterward. And I remember being in the elevator and I had known him, you know, like where I was comfortable with myself. And all of a sudden, like in the elevator, I just was like, I don't know how to stand right now. Like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm kind of like giddy. Like I just, mm -hmm. all of a sudden my body language was, yeah. I'm sure 100% different. Yeah. That's how I felt when we were running, which luckily we were facing forward because I felt like I was blushing and I'm sure he could tell that something was happening. He didn't realize that that's what happened in that moment until right, I, I right, told him. Right. But but I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that naturally my behavior was changing and, you know, I'm just like twinkling at him and stuff. I'm just not a subtle, emotional person. So, um, but yeah, from there, you know, because then when we went on the, to the concert, it just... I'm trying to think of when, because it's so, once that happens and then things just start shifting, it 
I I feel like it just was going. It, there wasn't a a specific moment, or we didn't discuss it. Like, oh, I guess we're romantic now. You know, it wasn't. But how how did that how did it then become romantic? So you went out to this concert, and like, so your how was your, it established? Yeah, like, like clear your body you language was him. different. So you would touch him more, or and yeah, he would just I, follow your lead. I I guess so. I mean, I it's hard. It's to, hard to go back to it it's, now. I it's that, hard but. to remember exactly. And now that I think about it, okay, so right before the concert, we were watching a movie. That's what it was. It was between the run and the concert that we were sitting on the couch. And that's when he, he kissed my cheek and that was it. But but during, yeah, the language is changing. You know, we're touching more. We're sitting close to each other. Because if you're just hanging out as friends, you don't sit like hip to hip. So, yeah, I think that. Both Do you think that our, you were initiating that, like because you shifted, that suddenly you were doing those I things? I suppose I was. I I wasn't intentionally doing it, but you just kind of let your body do the thing. <laughs> so, And you can tell when it's being re- received and reciprocated, I guess. But yeah, I think he did. I don't know if he was trying to let me take the lead or if it was just us kind of, it turns you. into like a dance or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And so then it just naturally progressed into something more. It was a it nice did. friendship that turned into, and a and it didn't just like as gradual as the beginning was. Then it was just like I don't know if this was like, like this Zoom. for you, but we were just like so in love Full and totally speed. together, and we are this. And I mean, it was. And I remember thinking. We, we will never break up because we like each other so freaking much. Like, I'd always seen an exit door with my boyfriends. I dated some nice guys and some interesting guys. And none of that, like, all of those relationships, it's not like I was commitment fearful or anything. I actually committed quite a lot, <laughs> probably too much. But I, I didn't get that sense of forever. And I just thought, I can't believe the love was really striking, but the like was mind blowing. Like I like, and this is still to this day. And we just had our 10 year anniversary. Like he gives me butterflies when he walks in the door from work. Oh, this was 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I was thinking it was like semi-ish new. Mm -mm. Okay. That's amazing. No, no, it's been, it's been great. And we got married on the steps that we met on um, with (laughs) dogs as our like wedding party. That's and really cute. yeah, it was really sweet. That is really nice. Okay, now let's move to sex. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take a break first, and then we'll start talking about health and sex, your specialty. It's pretty early for a break. Is it? We're only 17 minutes. No in. way. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we did it twice. It feels like Oh, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a will... secret. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> well, I will say with the moment where, like, the revealing of your feelings, you know, I know with mine, I am very closed off in terms of that stuff. Like you said, you're very open. I shut down and he's told me I'm really, really, really hard to read. And so I wasn't after that giving too many physical signs and I was uncomfortable. I think I revert to being like 12 years old or in sixth grade and I don't know how to say like, I like you. And so we were texting and this was a couple probably a couple weeks after I had had that moment or maybe a week after or so. And he was saying, and he, he wasn't being overly like pursuing me, but he just said like when I met you wherever, like for the first time I fell. And so when he said like, I fell, I, cause I had fallen, but I didn't know how to express that. And I said, well, when we were at dinner the last time, that's when I fell. And he just went like, <gasps> like, um, oh my God, my heart just dropped. Like, I can't believe, oh my God, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I had to actually say it because mm-hmm. I don't, so I don't think all girls will show it. So it's so hard for guys to read. And he's just said, oh my God, I you are so impossible to read. I had no idea that you, I mean, I got a little giddy in the elevator and stuff like that, but like. Well, for both of you, if you can think back, um, what were things that you were doing that would say, okay, keep hanging out with me. I am interested in you. Because there's a lot of guys who listen to this show and who you know follow my blog as well um, who are just baffled at some women because they're like, should I keep being friends with her? Should I not keep being friends with her? Is she interested or does she just really want like, not even really a friendship, but just to be casual with me? H- how do guys know what the difference is? Like how, let's say your husband was pursuing a little bit harder and he he did overtly feel like I want to be with this girl but I'll just hang on how does he know whether or not your actions were going in that direction to fall in love versus 
I only want to be with you as a friend and I don't see you as anything more? That's a really good question. Uh, And one piece of that that you mentioned with the listeners who were like, should I keep being a friend? Honestly, my husband, he he would have been my friend anyway. And I think that's that what my boyfriend says. That is what is the key. Yeah. Like if you don't actually want to be friends with the person, you shouldn't be pursuing them romantically. Like that's just in my what works for me. Right. Like I don't want to be with somebody who's seeing me as either like partner wife material or nothing. Right. But I think some guys listening to this will go, but then I get stuck in the friend zone because like mm-hmm. with my boyfriend, he had said before I revealed anything, he just said, just so you know, none of this, none of me being your friend depends on us being romantic together. I will be a friend to you always. And in the wrong scenario, that's friend zone. But in the right scenario, it was mm. like, you know, love and yeah. this unconditional thing. So it's really tricky for guys because I think what my boyfriend could tell of me was that I was so excited over his friendship because we had so much in common and I had so much fun talking to him and we would text and text and text, but it wasn't, it didn't go into the romantic way. It was just literally funny. Like we both love Seinfeld. So we would constantly text back and forth about Seinfeld. And so there was, um, there was a, not buds vibe, but there was a work connected vibe. Yeah, I like that because for me, even though I I do feel it more out loud, I didn't recognize it about myself first, right? So I, some of the signs looking back before I had that epiphany, I he was the person I would, I remember texting him because I wasn't sure if it was legal to park at this certain yes, place. Yes, it's like your go-to person. Yeah, and it was if so something funny. Something weird happens, you send them a text, yeah, or yeah. if like, some, like someone was dressed XYZ, like wearing the weirdest outfit, you take a picture and send it to that person. Yeah. it's it's There's more to it. It's not like, oh, hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? It's just yes. like sharing moments together constantly. It's like my person on Grace. That's what I've said. I've, I've said you're my person. Yeah. Like you're my person. Mm-hmm. And you feel that. But then it I it didn't necessarily at the beginning come with romance. Like I feel like with you as well. Like it just yeah. was like we were just c- totally connected. And then all of a sudden I saw him in a sexual way that one night when I was like, oh my God, I yeah. love him. I'll, I, you know, something stood out to me like this masculine, whoa, oh my God, this whole time, you know, almost like, mm-hmm. I, like, wait, this. But have you ever had a friendship with a guy that was equally as intense and he was your person for that period of time? No. That didn't turn into? I never had someone that close. I've had like guy friends where like, it's kind of funny and, and you're like, you know, busting balls or something, but it's, I, wouldn't feel the need to contact them all the time. Yeah. I think I had guy friends who wanted to have that. Same. You know what I mean? Where they are reaching out to you and you're kind of like, why are you telling me what you got at the grocery store or whatever? You know, do you just have this and you just sort of treat it differently because it's not something that you want to pursue. You like the person. That's cool. Great. But it doesn't go both ways. It just it's like you develop this sort of chemistry that deepens or you don't. Okay. No, no, this, this is helpful information. So for you guys, you're saying the sign for you was letting somebody in a little bit deeper and letting them be your person. Your go-to person. For Mm -hmm. some other guys, what happens is that women let this person in and they are their best friend, but they, they don't see them ever in a sexual way. And they get into this pattern where, He's madly in love with her and she loves him but isn't madly in love with him. So I was trying to maybe break down a little bit about what it would look like for guys mm. so that they know if they're getting into a scenario. I mean, if she's talking to you later. about other dates you're going on and seeming pretty cool with it and just being like, oh, yeah, what was that girl? She was cool. You should go out there again. Stuff like that. Those are signs. That she's just not. She's not seeing you that way. Right. But she is your best bud. Right. And when we were being more friends-ish while texting, it was going in the back of my head. Like, I wonder, like, what his relationship situation is like. I don't. What? So then is that friends? No, I was. No, it, it wasn't because I had an idea of where it could go. And so I was looking for signs to make sure that it wasn't. I, I was looking for signs to make sure that he wasn't taken 
because I thought there's a potential because of the amount of enjoyment I get from communicating with him. Even though there wasn't that attraction quite yet, I I was like going to be very upset if he had a girl, you know, if there was another woman in his world. I I relate to that somewhat too, even though, again, I didn't realize why I was concerned about certain things. I don't even know if concern's the right word, but I do remember wondering, like he had a female roommate when I first met him and I was like, I wonder if they're together or not, you know, and it was just a curiosity. And I, you know, even after we started dating and everything and I've, I've been friends with her, it's, it's all, it's all cool. But I, I think those questions are, are an interesting one. And, and like you said, if they're talking to you about other dates, I now looking back, I don't think, cause I, I didn't have a lot of dates during the time when uh, he and I were friends only, but I did, uh, like, I went on a trip where this guy I'd had a fling with was, right? And if he had been just, like, a friend only and we chatted, I would have been like, oh, guess who was there, right. you know? Um, because I do have a guy friend who I used to talk to, not in that deeper way, but it's, like, more surfacy, And you'll talk about all your relationships and, you know, and he he's, he's married now, but he had a partner then. So when I this other friend. And so I was used to us talking about whatever he knew who I'd date, but I never did that with him. So I think that's probably one of the biggest signs. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. Now are we ready for a break? Yes. Okay. Perfect. We're going to take a break and then we're going to talk about sex, sex, sex. Okay. We'll be back in a sec. Have you ever refinanced before? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't really know what it means, but basically I, I believe it's saying you're paying a certain interest rate that you freaking hate. And then you can find another company who you will have to pay less to. And there's a company doing that, yes, which is, is called Lightstream. Yes, they're called Lightstream. And they're absolutely amazing because for me, I had to do refinancing for my house. But now what they're doing is helping people refinance their credit card debt. So refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. That's what it's actually called. I'm going to read you the points. It's an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with AutoPay. I'm guaranteeing you that that is a lot less than what you're paying now. Um, Lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 18% APR. Remember, my husband was paying 21% on his credit card when I first met. It's crazy. You could get your your funds as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. So say goodbye to high-interest credit cards this summer and start saving with Lightstream. So uh, my listeners can, or our listeners, can save even more with an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash askwomen. That is lightstream.com slash askwomen. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash askwomen. So go do it now. All right, we are back. So August, tell us about sex from the female side. Tell us what is going on when people get girl boners. What is a girl boner? How does it feel? Like, tell us about what's going on. Oh my goodness. It's such a huge, beautiful topic, and I love talking about it. So, a girl boner has a couple of definitions in my view. One is what happens to when a person with a vulva gets physically turned on because again there was not a phrase for this right or a term and so the clitoris we see the little button we call it right on the outside is actually much larger and it's more uh, wishbone shaped and most of it's on the inside it comes from the same genetic tissue as the penis does Mm -hmm. and they both get completely aroused they both get to about the same size Uh, what yeah yeah it's almost exactly on average if you consider the internal clitoris obviously we don't see as much of it but yeah, it's something we completely bypass in sex education. Yeah, for sure. Wow, I've got a huge dong. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> massive. You're walking around with that thing. Um, <laughs> is sex different now with the Me Too movement? With just women and sexuality? I was watching um, on Hulu the Bull Type. Do either of you watch that show? It's a really seen cute it. show. Um, and it was interesting. There's these there, there's these three 26 year olds on the show, and they were talking about like how many partners each of them had. And one girl said she, you could tell she'd be the one who would say, I've been with four people. The other girl was like 26. 
or something like that. And I was just like, holy oh. moly. It was just like so ca- – it's it, it's different Like because you wouldn't have seen that conversation nor those numbers on a television show five years ago. But it was just interesting how that's just like, yeah, 20, of course, 26. I've slept with 26 guys and I'm 26 or 25, whatever. And so I want to know from your point of view, like this is your world, are you seeing – different sexual activity going on for women is there is like what's happening with women I've now? actually read several things saying that millennials are having less sex mm-hmm. yeah yeah I have too but it doesn't seem to actually be that it's really weird right because in the media and on tv I think there's more openness so we get we see a lot more than we normally would even on like a network show you might see something yeah. or hear about something uh for example a, a gay character that's not in it just because the person's gay they just happen to be or uh, a woman having casual sex you know it, whereas before it was never we'd never see that yeah so on and on one hand we do see some kind of over sexualized imagery right we get kind of thrown these ideas of what sex is supposed to be like and then we hear these things like millennials having less sex and one thing i don't know about those studies is whether or not they take into consideration our definitions of sex because another thing we know about millennials and and young adults and teenagers a million definitions yeah and a lot Mm -hmm. of people define sex as intercourse yeah so if you're engaging in oral sex or you know a lot of what's considered foreplay i consider sex and and i think that that definition hopefully is changing and broadening because if you only consider sex a penis in a vagina it's very limiting especially because so many people get pleasure and sometimes more pleasure from other activities but I am seeing a lot more uh, open exploration uh, people asking questions about you know I fantasize about this is this normal I want to try this whereas I think a lot of times we used to keep that more inside. I still get most of that through private messages, but I do think there's a lot of curiosity and I think that's a good thing. I do think I saw something that said uh, millennials were having less sex because they're communicating more by phone and not actually interacting in person. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I don't know that. if it's like driven. It's, I don't think it's driven by morality as much as it is is isolation of the new mm, and porn world. so many people i this actually surprised me when i heard this because and i still don't really watch porn but a lot of people who are say 25 and younger if you say masturbation they assume porn like they don't separate the two which was really surprising wow. to me i thought whoa th- what a different sexuality that is if it's always or usually connected with that kind of stimulus. So I think the fact that people get off maybe in digital ways, um, I know in Japan, there's a huge decrease in relationships I because of virtual that. reality and sex with these like robot yeah. imagery. So weird. <laughs> it, it's really Is that where strange. they're having those flirting bars as well? Is it in Japan? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like that's like, it's the woman's version of a strip club. Like you just go and like really hot guys flirt with you. But I read, I did read <laughs> So there's no, they're, they're not hooking up. They're actually not having a they're relationship. They're just flirting and they're getting, they're getting that fix of what they need. I read something and I'm going to probably be totally wrong, but I, it was as I was skimming through whatever. So I didn't really soak it into my brain. But it was like Japanese guys are not having sex with girls on purpose as like a I don't know if it was like a we're getting you back for being something to us or it was I'd have to look it up and I don't have service on my phone right now otherwise I would but it was something very strange but it sounded vindictive like the men were specifically not sleeping with with holding it yeah I don't know I'm never I'm never asked questions like randomly on the street like are you having sex are you so I don't know where a lot of this information comes from I do know maybe this is just me spitting out stuff but like for somebody who's been in PR and you probably have the same thing as well, I know that they're always looking for something different so that they can get more clicks. And so sometimes I think they hear a trend that's going on with four and people and they're like, this is a trend, trend. all Japanese yeah. people. Yeah. Are. And so I don't know if this is true. I I don't know if it's true. I know that all these people are writing into me asking about the exact same things all the time. Same questions about women and interacting with women. So on the flip side, I'm sure that the very same things are going on for women. So for, for women right now, I don't know if – if they're staying away from sex or if they're like, you know, fucking like crazy. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. But would you say that at the core, that the turn-ons for women from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, would they be, are they similar now? Like for a woman to want to have sex with somebody and open herself up in that way, what does it take? I think that 
turn on is so individual, but because of the cultural ideas, we have more permission, mm -hmm. to, I think, societally to be turned on by more things. So, for example, a ton of women do watch porn. A ton of women have been reading erotica forever, but now will publicly share it on right. Facebook that they read this this sexy book. So, See, is there yeah. something wrong with me because I'm turned on by like emotional acts or you know things emotional connections I never ever ever think to look to porn or erotica it's more like an but actual connection But I bet you connection. you would be turned on by it if you read it. Have you ever read erotica? Erotica? No. You would I, like it. Is if it you're into imagination really and emotion, you probably would enjoy erotica. Yeah. Rachel Kramer Bustle has an incredible series of their anthologies of erotica very by women. And yeah, the emotional connection is what a lot of what sex is about. I mean, I think that our imaginations are the sexiest thing, and I don't really get that from porn. I So is erotica a book? Like I don't even know. So what yeah, it is. so so erotica is, is a style of writing and there are certain oh, books. Oh, okay, that are, right, like, right, right, yeah. right. I remember when I was 15 years old or 14 or 15, my counselor at camp had this like erotica book. It was like a magazine. I don't even know if it was Pentel. I don't even know what it was, but I loved it. And I would ask her if I could read. I wasn't masturbating at that point, but I remember I was reading it. I was like, this is, this is nice. This is right. good stuff. <laughs> like I was interested in it. And yeah. I wanted to read more all the time. I didn't want to talk to everybody about it. And it was something that my counselor and I sort of shared, but we didn't really even talk about it either. But I, I was very interested in it for the imagination. Yeah, I could definitely. See. So it's like basically Fifty Shades of Grey is like the yeah, but king it's, it of doesn't, it's, the erotica. It's kind of the world. mainstream one that brought yeah, it right. into the light. Okay. But erotica has been intense. around so not long. Always intense, yeah. That really brought kind of kink out into the open. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say because there's all different kinds of erotica too. Just as there's all different kinds of porn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I personally things. find sexy scenes in a foreign film when you're not expecting to be so turned That's on. That's very specific. So sexy, I know. <laughs> it's like my own little fetish, I guess. But uh, They're speaking English, not sexy. They're <laughs> not English, totally. Well, there's something about, because foreign films, they will show the bodies, so they don't like do that weird thing where the person gets up and they hide in a towel so that right. the, the nipples won't show the camera and you're like, nobody walks around like that. Um, but there's something about it being a seeming more organic and evolving instead of like this really cheesy thing where the plumber comes to the door and everyone's like, hey, you know, there's, there's a very weird cheesiness to a lot of porn in my opinion again I haven't seen a ton oh my god yeah but there's some that's beautiful and Erica Lust she creates actually she calls it erotic film because the term porn a lot of women are like you know that that has objectified me forever it's not for me it's from the male gaze I don't want to watch that and when she calls it erotic film they're like oh well this is interesting yes and they show the woman's pleasure yeah and when they show from the female gaze it's completely different when mm -hmm. you actually see because porn has also changed the way that a, a lot of the questions I get about porn are things like my boyfriend thinks I want anal all the time is that because of porn mm -hmm. you know and arguably yeah it could be because things that are visually interesting to see and enticing are not necessarily what also a little hole feels you're good. That, like it's visually it's like <laughs> yeah. but so that's interesting what you're yeah. saying right now because i think that for a lot of guys who are listening something that would be helpful for them if they want to understand sex from the female point of view would be to pick up some of these erotica books or Films. movies that are out mm -hmm. there to to sort of pick up on what it is that's stimulating to women and maybe you can highlight a couple of the things that are more stimulating to women versus, you know, porn, which may, like what what is the difference that they would be looking for? Because for a lot of guys, they might just read it and say, OK, well, now I'm going to do these actions. But uh, I'd like yeah. for you to give them <laughs> guidance on how to actually read these things yeah. and what they're looking for. That's such a good question, because there are actually quite a few women who really love hardcore porn. So it'd be really important to find out what what your partner right. watches or reads. And I would start there and say, you know, hey, what do you find sexy? To let's say they don't have partners. And let's say that they're still going out and having... Learn. Yeah, just want to learn stuff. So yeah. so how how can that literature assist them? The literature, I think, can be help more helpful than porn because most porn is not designed to educate, right? And so it's kind of like watching a cooking show where in five seconds, they created this beautiful meal. And when you try to make it, everything's a big disaster That's and there's metaphor. food on the floor. And it's, you know, it you can't replicate what's in porn. Everything is for the screen. So if you go and try to copy that, 
You will never interact with a clitoris, probably. You will expect Vesuvius Falls from you know, squirting, like mm-hmm. all these things, right? So erotica puts you much more into the mind and the imagination. And there are different genres of that, too. So you might want to start with something that is, again, an anthology that has a bunch of different styles because if you're reading one all about kink and then you meet somebody who's not into kink, you know, but discovering what turns you on within that would be good because then if you meet somebody who's also into the same thing, it's, it's so what are two resources that you would suggest right now that, that a man would go pick up to understand on a very basic level without going to the kink levels and all the other stuff at the S and M the basic level of female sexuality and what potentially could turn on the largest proportion of women. Well, I probably shouldn't plug my own book, right? Um, yeah, you <laughs> Okay. So that's one of the reasons that I wrote Girl Boner is that there's. I was really interested and surprised and very pleased that 45% of my audience is male. So I think we can all learn. A lot of topics are universal regardless of your gender, but then also a lot of guys really just want to know. As, as you're very familiar about women and about women's sexuality. Yeah. So, you know, my Girl Boner book is is coming out soon. Uh, however, there are also these wonderful erotic, you know, books that you can find too. I, I would recommend, it's called Women's Best Erotica is the anthology. And I think they have four or five of them now. So those are really good if you want to go into more of the imagination space. And then erotic, Erica Less website is eroticfilms.com. And she has, you can, one thing that's important about porn too is if you pay for porn, then you know that it was ethically made and a lot of times it's much better quality. So those can actually be learning experiences in some ways, as long as you're not approaching it as like, here's my tutorial. Although Jessica Drake has, she's a porn performer and she has created some educational porn videos. She has one for women masturbating, which I think is so awesome to to actually teach us what to do because mm-hmm. there's usually no encouragement for that. So that's kind of a tangent. But um, but yeah, those three are all good. And then listening to a bunch of different podcasts, uh, there's Sex Out Loud with Tristan and Taramino. Um, Sex Gets Real is hosted by Don Sarah. And, um, you know, I think just searching through and finding different topics because podcasts are so great for niches. So if you want to learn specifically about how women feel about kink or, you know, um, women's turn-ons and stuff like that, you can find specific episodes. And it's a nice way to to also then be able to share something with your partner if you want and say, hey, I, I listened to this thing. What do you think about this this thing they're doing? Okay. Interesting. I like that. All right. I want to have one question from our listeners uh, before we end our show. Hey, guys. Just wanted to say the work you do is awesome. I've built much more confidence in talking to women and have been in a couple of dates and met a lot of interesting people. With that being said, my question is, how would I tell these women that I have a daughter? I'm 21 years old and my daughter is two years old. Me and the mom have been separated for a year and I wanted to get back into the dating world. I have this weird thought block that women my age wouldn't want to date me because I have a daughter and they don't. I guess what I'm saying is that I feel that it would be tough to be in a relationship with women around my age, let alone find that right one that would be with me even though I have a daughter. Thank you so much. We were just talking about this on the last episode about the guy who he's this 34 is a lot with a child this but wants to date younger. younger women and this is a lot, lot younger. Yeah, this is 21 years old. So that that is... It, to, is it is it more challenging as a 21-year-old to date somebody? Definitely. Yeah. Why? Because that's the majority of 21-year-olds aren't looking to have a child yet. Right. I mean, barely 30-year-olds are. Right. So I really, this question is really, really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, this is when you become really good friends with women and slowly kind of they're they may be young but they get to know you and they really like you and all of a sudden they become like okay with the fact that there is a child and they can see a future with you this is not the scenario where you can just like go out and meet girls at the bar and and be like hey let's date oh i have a kid you know this feels like it's well, why gonna is it be different? more intimate but why is it different because he's 21 like couldn't he still go out well he's not he's not saying that he wants to be casual that's what the difference is here he's saying he wants to date and potentially be I, in a relationship i'm just saying people that are out at the bar are probably most likely and there are his age are going right. to want to be more casual right 
And so... And a child... Like, the word child and casual just don't go together. Right. So that's not his... That's not his world. It's not... That's like shopping for a skirt at a men's store. Right. So do, are you saying for him to not date until he's 20? No, I'm saying that the girl that you're probably going to date seriously is going to be a girl that happens the way August found her husband and the way I found my boyfriend is a little bit more slow, intimate. There's a friendship. You really have a kinship. There's a connection. And then she likes you so much that she's accepting of the child. You what know? do you think, August? Yeah, I think you made such good points. I think that, okay, I don't want kids. I've never wanted kids. I'm pretty proactively someone right. who doesn't want kids. So if I met someone and they wanted to have kids really badly, that would be a non-negotiable for me because I, yeah. I don't want to do that. Now, if I met my husband and he had a kid already, I think I would have embraced that because of who he is. And again, because we met in this way that I think that the right person will completely take you fully as you are and love your child because they love you. And I think that it would be hard also to to have that on your online dating profile that might get some people to go, oh, I don't want to date a dad right now. Um, some people, though, also might go for you because you're a dad. So I would try to get to know people as you. you and know. then work the child into it. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if the, it comes up that the child is mentioned, I mean, don't hide it. Don't like lie about it. But but try to go out and meet people, do things yeah, that you and enjoy. Be more about them. you than about your child. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. The other day, um, I did this profile analysis for somebody, and they were on eHarmony, which is like a very legit site. People pay for it. They put a lot of time into going through all the questions. But his picture on the front was him and five kids. Hey. And he so he has <laughs> he has five kids. He's young as well, like in his mid thirties. But um, my point is is that. Exactly what you just said, like get to know that person, person first, first before the children. Yes. Because you know, flicking through that, as soon as it opened up on my page, I went, Ugh, and I have two kids. And I was just like, oh, that's too <laughs> it's, it's, it, it like makes like your breath goes away because it is intense. Like even if it's a woman who's like, I can't wait to have a million children. It's like, I don't want to have it right now. And you have them already. And then we're going to have more of our own. And, even if it's if they, well, again, also, want a million when you, children, when it's just you pres- intense. When you present it like that, the first picture with all your kids, it almost says to the woman, and it's good that your kids are your priority, but it almost says, this is going to be more important to me than you. Like you want to yes. feel like you're going to have a special connection first, so then therefore you can enjoy that other aspect. But some women do get upset if they go on a date with somebody and then a guy's like, yeah, and my daughter. And they're like, wait, you... Yeah, but you put the daughter, the third picture in or the six... Not not to look like dismissive, dismissive, but to show that you have more... But it's you. You have a life outside of your daughter. Right. Right. And I think that's the best way to present it. If you're 21, if you're 34, like the guy from last week's show, um, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, So... when you were hanging out with your husband, did he say that he didn't want to have kids in the first three months? You know, it's interesting. So the ex before him, I found out after we were exclusive that he did. He was kids. crushed that I didn't want kids. He mm-hmm. didn't tell me. I Because I, again, say everything. So it was probably our first date that I mentioned that I don't want to have kids. And then I did this modeling job where I had to wear one of those bellies and he started crying when he saw the pictures. And I was just like, I can't believe we're finding this out now, right? Um, so I was really clear with my husband about that and basically he said he just didn't really think about it because he was like if he thought well I would need a wife first and then if she wants kids then I'll think about it like he's very practical that way right. so it wasn't like his dream from the age of 12 to right right and he wasn't anti-kids or pro-kids he was just like depends I'm not I'm, there I'm right now pro-woman yeah exactly and so when I talked to him about it and I was trying to be really clear because I'm much more again, communicative about things. So I didn't want him to just be being nice to me. Like he cares about me. Therefore, he's going to suppress this want, you know, and because people at work tell him like, why don't you have kids? Because he's so nice and everything. And you should procreate. You're a nice person. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The things people say sometimes about that. But but yeah, he uh, now he's like, I'm so glad that we don't. We just are. 
we both have creative projects that feel like our children. I would never compare them to children, but no, to but me, Girl Boner like is my child, and I feel so like protective and, and nurturing of it. I'm like, and you have a dog, and I have a dog, and we have a bird, and we have a very. Bird, What's funny you know? is that yeah. your mom, your her daughter is actually Girl Boner, like. You feel like that's your daughter. <laughs> I am. And- I'm the girl boater spawn. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell her that. She'll be very tickled. <laughs> very interesting. I think these are great answers uh, for, what was his name? Why do I keep forgetting this? Oh, well, who cares? Who cares what his <laughs> name is? Anyway, he's 21 and he should present himself as an awesome person first, the daughter second. And then if somebody can't deal with it, they... They can't They're do not that. the right That's person, not the right person for you. Yeah, exactly. And if and keep it casual if you want to keep it casual and don't integrate your daughter into the relationship at all. And maybe you will find some potential for some other people that you can mesh with, have fun with, go out with, date, sleep with. Um, but August, thank you very much for being on our podcast. This was wonderful. Tell people how they can listen to Boner, a girl Boner. <laughs> boner girl. How they can listen ear, to Girl boner. boner. How they can buy Girl Boner. Because I know you say you have books coming up very shortly. Yeah. So you can head to my website, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. Okay. And I have my blog there, links to Wait, my books. Girlboner.org? Yeah. That's funny to me. Why? Because it's orgasm? Like, it will be because in my mind it just hit me as like girlboner.gov. Like there's it, it sounds is a very like official. Like official. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like that because like when my trademark finally went through because it was rejected first for being quote vulgar, even though there's all these brands for guys that are sexual and they didn't have a problem. And so I have on my wall like United States of America, girl boner. So yeah, there's something <laughs> there's about like a, that. Yeah. The organization. Official, right. My yes. official girlboner.org. Yes, exactly. Yes. And dot edu. You should, you should buy that. I love that. Well. That'd be funny. Yeah. Girl oh, boner. I should get that edu. one too. You're yes. right. Girl boner or University. Somebody else will snag it. Yeah. Here we come. Nobody buy that. Um, and then you can find my books on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Just search for girl boner. And yeah, I'm on and social it'll media pop up. too. It'll go straight up. I know. There's so many jokes for this. <laughs> anyway. If you want to ask questions that we will answer and overanalyze to death on the Ask Win Podcast, please send them in to ask at askwinpodcast.com. New episodes of the Ask Win Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't be an idiot and download individual episodes. Please go and subscribe and share and tell your friends about our podcast. We will see you next week. 